Hey there. Before we got started, we want to say a quick thank you to our host, Muse on Minis. For years now, Muse on Minis has been the industry leader in beautiful, high-quality tabletop accessories. From tokens to widgets to terrain and more across a wide variety of games, Muse on Minis has everything you could possibly need to complete your tabletop wargaming experience. Head to MuseOnStore.com to see what new innovations the fellas come up with next. That's MuseOnStore.com. Musing and amusing accessories for every gamer. Now on to the show. Welcome to episode 31 of Full Tilt. My name is Steven, and I play Red. My name is Jesse, and I play Chris Bogart. Uh, my name is not Christopher Davies, because apparently everyone else <laughs> in Australia is called Christopher Davies. Oh, I and some people in America are also called Christopher Davies. Oh my god. Uh, uh, Davis. We, I yeah. do too, actually. I was going to say official Chris Davies. But... Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hello. Hello and welcome to 31 Full Tilt. I'm the Chris Davies now, and I play Red. <laughs> oh, what a great uh, joke. You guys yeah. are a riot. <laughs> and for what it's worth, I play Crucible God and Signa, and I've been looking at dabbling with this shitty faction that I'm going to talk about today. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, did you uh, did you guys see the Chaos Born ratings? Yeah, uh, I did. I think I remember Infernals being in bottom tier. That was yes. actually that doesn't surprise me as much I as I, I agree. Yeah. I don't I know if I I go as far as agree, but yeah, they're they're in a very weird spot. Like I think they need a lot more effort to unlock them. But oh, yeah, what do we got here? <laughs> and lol Protectorate. Down there. Five, five, five things in, in the S tiers. <laughs> I'm not yes, actually. Yes. I mean, look, honestly, a lot of this, like, I'm not actually sure. Like, I don't know why minions is in B tier when and Signar is in A tier. They can get yeah, fucked. Those are definitely yeah, swapped. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. If anything, yeah. I actually would say you could, frankly, just like Legion in A, minions in S, and Signar can go into. Be where they belong. <laughs> okay. I think they belong for Signar, right? I think I actually think that is true. Yeah, I mean, uh, you can even argue. Sorry, go on. No, no I was just saying that you have some. They're kind of buoyed up by Flames in the Darkness, the Peace Striker. But outside of that, what do they have? Haley Three. Yeah, and it's kind of it's all, kind of it. But. As always with uh, with uh, Signar, it's like your great strategy of like, how do you make a list pair? You can make a list, and that list might even be competent and good, but what do you pair it with? Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's like, yeah, that I well, guess is neither here nor there, because uh, you no. guys brought me on to talk about not even just a single faction, because if we did, we'd be talking until I'd have to go to work tomorrow. So <laughs> <laughs> don't even get me started. I've done this before. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's true. But, uh, well, one more thing on that ranking real fast. Dan, what are you doing, buddy? Five S tier factions? That's not possible. Three or less? Come on, buddy. I haven't listened yet, but I'm going to listen tomorrow because they say they explain their reasonings in the cast, so I'll, you know. I like... I'll shit on him before I listen, you know. Nah, maybe we should... Nah, definitely not. This is a podcast. We definitely shouldn't be doing that. Need your Nature yeah. reactions, absolutely. Right. <laughs> okay, no, yeah, but you are, yeah, Chris. We brought you on to talk about uh, an upcoming. Thanks for the ship, Chris. <laughs> yeah, all right. Oh my god, I never, I never thought you 
will keep us on track. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man, man, I really need to get back to podcasting on my own show. Listen to Dark Guidance when we put out an episode when we're not fucking <laughs> Once every quarter of the year. <laughs> yes. Yeah, your quarterly podcast. At this point, yeah. No. Yeah. But we'll we be back, get- but yeah, just real life has gotten in the way as it is want to do. Yeah, oh, we, but, we, should, we should get Brian on to talk some infernals. Mm, see what, yes. what he thinks. I, feel, I do feel kind of bad that he's the only one we have not. Yeah, we should have him on. Brian's a lovely dude, and he definitely he's probably gotten the most games out of all of us recently. So yeah, Sweet. yeah, it's even better. His accent's but, pretty funny though. Yep. Says the Americans about the <laughs> Canadian. All right, sure. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. We're Dutchmen. But anyway, so today we brought Chris on to talk about the new upcoming Scourge in the Meta. Karchev 2. You're not yes. Surge if you're Canadian. Oh yeah, if you're Canadian, <laughs> you can ignore him. He doesn't exist. Uh, that's probably indicative of the saying as, uh, yes, we've heard Karchev 2 is the only confirmed broken model in the game, and also for other people, just not the biggest of deals. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, a dumb gear checklist that is probably not going to be not worth a damn. Um, now, I've actually played Karchev 2. And I certainly won a tournament with him, and he's like he's a caster that's definitely made the rounds. Uh, so I figured like we might as well instead of like doing some project building with like uh, someone like say Malakov two, who really well Nigel can't make it today, so that seems like that'd be basically like me stealing the cake, the wedding cake before you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Karchev 2 is, uh, let's just, I guess we could probably start with like uh, his sort of, uh, what he does, um, what his like stack cards say, and then what he actually yeah. does. Yeah. So yeah, his full true. name is in fact Karchev Deathjack Malignant Fusion. He is a Crix and Cardor caster. Uh, now, it's important to note that we are going to talk about the Cardor version, because despite me thinking, oh, I could talk a bit about the Crix, it turns out that Whaley is probably going to be talking about it, and he's well more qualified to talk about the greater nuance there, I'd say. Yeah, um, especially because yeah. he wipes the floor with the both of us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, checks out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but let's just start. Stark- Karchev is a Focus 8. It says 6 on the card. It is really 8, of course. Uh, Carson, he has 34 boxes laid out like a Warjack grid, because he is half man, half fucking undying metal monstrosity. Uh, Stats real quick, he is speed 5, strength uh, 12, mat 7, rat 5, def 12, arm 19. Uh, He has three weapons. He is a sinkhole gun, which is a AoE 4 power 12 with no rules. Uh, which is probably good for everyone because the rules it did have during beta were fucking shadow bind on hit in oh an AoE God, four. Oh, so no, you think it's bad now? Like, yeah, what the fuck? Um, he has a power nineteen and a power eighteen melee attack. One, the power nineteen at range two, and the power eighteen at range one. Um, he's got twenty-seven jack points, which I figure I should mention because for a guy who is again half, uh, literally a war jack, uh, he still has like quite a decent jack loadout. It's not the 30 of Karchev 1, but still pretty good. Um, he's got three rules on the back of his card. Uh, one is a drawback, one is just how he gets his extra focus, and one is pretty much why the caster is not just the derbiest motherfucker in town. So the drawback <laughs> card is Monster in the Machine. So Karchev very specifically is 
living and construct. Um, he's not a warjack or a warrior model, which has some weird quirks, but basically, functionally, it means that he gets debuffed and affected by things that affect both living and land uh, construct models. Now, this is probably more relevant when certain factions, especially Crucible Guard, for instance, try and kill him. Uh, <laughs> you know, in case he suffers damage like a warjack, he can do power attacks like a warjack, which is actually pretty cool because he can do things like trampling. Uh, oh. Yep. He can uh, trample or slam and cast spells, especially trampling. That will happen a fair bit. Um, uh, he also gets affected by effects that mod modify damage against warjacks, such as if I do, which is, to my knowledge, things like, say, Jack Hunter. It's basically Jack Hunter, actually. Um, and finally, he's got Hate Infuse, which is when his skulls of hate are not crippled. He has plus two focus on his stat, st focus stat. And finally, Meat for the Beast is pretty much his moneymaker. Uh, once during each of your turns, so yes, this does include your opponent's turn, uh, when a model in this model's battle group destroys an enemy model with a melee attack while in this model's control range, so which considering it, it's 16-inch control range, uh, that's pretty much the entire table, immediately oh, yeah. after the attack is resolved, this model can cast a spell without spending focus. Uh, his spell list is... Basically, what's gotten everyone's like knickers in a twist for kind of good reason. Um, <laughs> he has abattoir, which is basically uh, everyone in the battle group gets to make an attack that does include Karchev. Uh, he has death ward. You can only cast abattoir once per activation, so no use using it as like ghetto multi jackhammer. Uh, he has death ward, which is plus two armor for friendly faction model slash unit. If it's a warjack and it is damaged, you pick the column. Uh, he has full throttle, which is the one everyone complains about. Uh, his battle group gains free run, charge, slams, tramples, whatever, and all their melee attacks are fully boosted. He has locked horns, which is battle group wide unyielding, which is the other spell everyone complains about. And then finally, onslaught, the spell you don't cast a lot of the time because you often play him in jaws, or you have sorcerer zero, or you have something else that does something similar, uh, which is basically everyone in the battle, everyone. And it's actually not battle group. It's like all models gain, all friendly faction models gain relentless charge while it's control range. His feat is kind of simple, but it's not. Uh, his speed is all of his models in his battle group, including himself, are set to speed eight. Uh, this is specifically so that you don't give plus five speed to random shit and cricks. Uh, they can complain about it on their end. Um, it does have some advantage still in cricks, but I mean, that's basically why uh also when you end your normal movement in melee with one or more models the affected model gains one focus point uh, the affected model being your model incidentally so effectively the feat turn reads plus four speed plus one focus for everyone as long as they get into melee pretty neat yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah i mean for so for kato it might as well be vlad one's feet plus an extra focus um basically yes uh which is one of the things here. So, Karchev, like, you can, what, what Karchev, Karchev basically does a lot of things that Cardor wants. Um, he has a speed buff, which is always good. He has an armor buff that's consistent, but his actual best trait, honestly, in the faction is his focus stat. Because um, yeah. you don't have any other caster who is focus 8 in Cardor. In addition, you also don't have, um, most of the jackcasters in Cardor aren't really, like, their focus is actually quite small. Like, 
take say Karchev one is only focus six, uh, so is Harkovich. So are even casters like Kozlov who can do really good hybrid strats like that focus that kind of keeps them really reined in, mostly because of the control area. To be honest, uh, yeah. a lot of the times like. You're only fueling one or two jacks, so the focus stat itself isn't the like doesn't exactly come into play as much like in terms of like being able to physically allocate. But right. it's really important for the fact that like where you can position your caster relative to the rest of the board. Hmm. So obviously, what he brings here is he brings melee survivability, he brings speed, he brings no damage fixer, but he brings an accuracy fixer, which. If you have high enough base power, often counteracts that particular problem. He himself yeah. is on an extremely survivable chassis, and he's quite far back frequently on account of where he can position. Uh, <laughs> I have a good yeah. authority that he's pretty easy to kill. <laughs> <laughs> so, I can confirm that Karchev always... Like, Karchev is binary in terms of how easy he is to kill. If you just do a half-assed assassination against Karchev, you literally shouldn't even bother like making the first attack roll. There's no point. Um, he's got too many boxes. He can spend focus to burn damage after he knows where the damage is going and also how much it is. So his 34 boxes can functionally transform into like a Hyperion's worth of damage. Right? Like It's a lot. So, a yeah. But... The flip side is that there's a lot of times when you do get like the two heavies onto him and then he's kind of just toast. Uh, his defense is definitely low for a warjack and he also is often quite vulnerable to debuffs. Um, so yeah, that happens like, you know, that oftentimes results in like you basically taking this quote unkillable guy and just trivially killing him. Uh, now that's not really to say like, oh, okay, you know, he, he's, he's trapped because he can die because obviously a lot of other casters can end up in that same boat and die to the very much the same things. But in Karcher's specific case, a lot of the times you can't hide behind terrain. And you're also... Often an assassination means he can't leverage his personal output, which is obviously quite good. Yeah. Um, given that he is functionally a juggernaut with reach and with a better offhand bully attack. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they just think that. Well, I guess, should we right through the, go through the aspects first right now, or do you want to keep uh, going for your general summary of what he does? Mm. I actually hand it over to you guys. What have you guys noticed in your games against Karchev? And I know you've mostly played against the Crix version, but still. Uh, yeah, against the Crix version, Crix version, I had a fully souped-up Molokarn onto Karchev. <coughs> didn't scratch his paint. <laughs> so, I mean, Crix also has the, the benefit of bringing... Dara Death and Death Archons. Oh yeah, yeah. Dara's Zerel, yeah. Yeah. Uh, freaking what was it? Daryl Wraith. Yep. Daryl, yeah. yeah. So you get, you, get the mortal, you get the Mortal Fear stack, so he's he's effectively twelve twenty-three yes. in melee. And it's just like, ugh, what are you gonna do? And then uh Whaley's list takes four shield guards also. So it's like you, mm -hmm. can, you can't you can't shoot the guy either. And then once you get to melee, there's not much you can do there. And mm -hmm. I think on top of that, that that focus eight means he 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 can play like piece heavy if he wants to, all the way at the back of the table. But but the difference is nothing incidental can kill him. Wherever with piece heavy, you, you can get some incidental damage on him. And you can kill a guy. Well, that that doesn't work against Karchev. 
Yeah, you can't exactly it. shoot the sky with a hand cannon. You shoot Peace Sever with a hand cannon, and he's going to have to burn, reach into his stack of focus to burn it away, even yeah. if it's unboosted. Yep, exactly. You shoot Karchev with a hand cannon, and he tells you, like, can you please go away? <laughs> yeah. Well, that was my <laughs> it's Really irritating. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, he, he was just like, just such a bully. And, uh, you know, his, uh, those, oh, man, those. Tricks, Jacks. Well, I guess we shouldn't talk about that now. We should focus on the Cater one. But it's just that unyielding being army wide is actually pretty cool. Like you can you can build him an armored core. It might be kind of cute with some mm. of those shock trooper boys and stuff. And that he's he's not as uh, black and white in his list building yet. Like his list hasn't been solved, which I think is good. So he's, he's not like boring. It's not like Zal two, but he definitely yes. is a a bit of a, a gut punch the first time you go. Against it's like Jesus Christ, just armor on top of armor on top of armor, free focus for days, and then you're uh, you can't really jam him out because the full full throttle, you know. Like it's just like, oh well, I'll try to jam him with high defense stuff. Nope, that that does not work. Also, abattoir. So yeah, yeah. The ideal dream with Karchev too is that you activate him first, you cast full throttle and abattoir, and then you activate them again, and then use your abattoir, your, your shit again. Yep. And then some try to trigger meat for the beast and get either a second casting of abattoir, which often is actually completely unnecessary, or you get a casting of locked horns for free, so you can allocate more and be more safe. Um, I think this is probably telling, though, is that uh, a lot of Karchev 2, like, Karchev 2's main weakness in general is functionally shooting and uh, board control. Because, especially in Cardor, where the lists you tend to run do tend to be more jack-focused, it does mean that you're focusing, like, you still have the inherent weaknesses of playing a brick, and that means that you it's still hard to quite spread out. Now, Karchev mitigates a lot of that on account of his speed. And he still has an armor buff that is unconditional. It just works on everything, that being Death Ward. So that's one of the reasons why he can still play into those games. Uh, because obviously, if he just had locked horns, he'd be pretty much like all of his, like, his only um, bonus thing he does really good is actually going into melee attacks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, um, locked like, Meat for the Beast is honestly his best ability but i mean it's his best it's a reason that his he exists as a caster without meat for the beast the canadians would probably actually be right he'd just be kind of just like a brick who just walks forward and just casts locked horns and then you know you have a focus five caster with a 16 inch control range and you're like oh, i guess this works but whatever meat for the yeah. beast gives you a lot of flexibility and can be used in some like it's exactly that kind of like um reactive on-demand ability that you can get some cool use out of. Mm-hmm. Mm. I agree. Yeah, I think it uh, opens up his turn-by-turn play a ton. You, you yep. have all sorts of options. In terms Just... of how... Yeah, in terms of how you're playing him, obviously there are different tones you're going through. Um, generally speaking, you are always going to want Sorsha Zero in any list that you can take her in, and it's simply because you want to leverage his initial engagement threat range as long as big as possible and give your opponents less boardroom to play around with. Uh, this is actually extremely important. Even if you never use Sorcia Zero for her threat extension, you want that caster to exist. Sorry, you want that genuine to exist and be around because 
it gives you the ability to leverage scenario better and means that your opponent can't kite you as much. Uh, and also, it just fixes a lot of like things. Frankly, also the follow-up turns you're not gonna you're gonna be down to standard Kador speeds of speed, you know, four. And if you don't keep Sorcerer Zero around or don't have her in the list, then that can be a problem when your opponent's just like, oh, okay, I actually, if you didn't get enough board pressure to start the thing, I could actually have situations where I kill your lead Jack. I position just out of threat range of everything else, and I'd still be contesting a zone, especially a giant circular zone. And obviously, yeah. unacceptable. We want people dying. We want people meeting the full fury of like some fucking full throttled Marauder or Juggernaut with all the focus in the world and Death Ward and everything else, right? Maybe an Abattoir attack thrown in there. We'll call <laughs> yes. it a day. So, I know that you guys sent me a like rating a rating system here. Uh, we could probably get into that first before I start talking about some of the specifics of the Cadle version. Sure. Yeah. Um, Let's do that. So, yeah. we'll, uh, we we started off with survivability, right at one out right. of ten. I mean, so Let, let's be real. It's 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 still even with his weaknesses in especially the Crucible Guard matchup. Uh, functionally speaking, his survivability is a nine, like. Yeah. Eight or a nine, comfortably. In matchups where that isn't even like, so his survivability is more like a five at its worst, but more realistically eight to ten. Because simply put, there are going to be games where he will be literally unkillable. The first thing you do is you put uh, Death Ward on Karchev himself, and it stays there the entire game because you've recognized that you just can roll over your opponent, and if with a Death Ward and Karchev, they can't actually do anything, there are going to be those games. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, yeah, yeah. The, because a significant proportion of his kit is focused against Malie, uh, that is one of the reasons why the high survivability stat, and he has the most boxes of anyone except for McKay. He has the most focus of any of these casters. McKay is only focused six at the end of the day and does want to actually cast her fucking mobility or whatever else she's got. Yeah. <laughs> or use her gunshots. Uh, yeah, Karchev... she, only has, she only has 19 Warjack points. I just want to point that out. Oh, are you bitter yeah, about that, Jess? <laughs> I do. Oh, come on. You don't, don't give me that shit. I've played enough McKay. She's a fucking beast. Like, she's also, she's in a tank. Yeah, <laughs> she's in a huge base. You can, ease, she can, you can always shoot her. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Enjoy that. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a lot of luck shooting Crucible Guard, especially with like fuck with um what you call this mentalists. <laughs> yes. So yeah. Um yeah. I think his other big benefit to survivability is his massive control range. Like he can stay That's what part of it. That's why like let's let's be real, like his survivability if he had a short control range against, say, Lucas or any of the other turbo assassin casters would be horrible, except that that's not really that relevant when he can stay back and can abuse terrain a lot more. Yeah. Um, there's oftentimes you'll run into problems where you as a caster are unable to position safely and still have your jacks that are contesting or further up the table being able to be correctly allocated focus. And especially gets worse when you're up against TK casters or other displacement casters because they can move your models out of control if they're just on the edge. Uh, yeah. When you've got 16 inch control range to play around with, that really starts shrinking. Um, it also should be noted that if you play Karchev 2 in Kador, you'll have much less access to shield guards that are good compared to the Crix version, but you yeah. do gain access to Winner Guard Command, which can be important. 
Because yes. that means that you can also give Karchev Sack Pawn, and then at that point, the things that can kill him start rapidly shrinking. Yeah. Um, this is a good end to, say, the Legion matchup, where you can Sack Pawn to Assault Commandos, and that means that you can Sack Pawn to Fire and Corrosion Immunum models. Oh, that's awesome. uh, even, just sack, even just being able to burn an attack, though, is still pretty good. Like, yeah. any attack. Um, especially, like... I'm not going to... I still don't think the um, Winter Guard command version is as good as the Jaws version because, end of the mm. day, you're trading a more efficient army for a safer caster, and that's never really the best of trades. No, no, no. Yeah. So you're you placing an 8 or a 9, but my question is, if he is not the most survivable caster in the game, who is? Um, hmm. uh, I would still say one of the troll ones. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. Like, like let's be real. What makes Karchev weak is the same things that make, say, McKay weak. It's his base size. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, that his uh, defensive kit is very focused towards, like, melee. Like, look, I agree. If you ran a freaking armor 25 or 20 whatever Karchev with a Death Archon hanging behind him or Daryl Wraith or whoever, right? And we're throwing a War Dog as well there because why not? Then killing him is going to be a problem, right? He, he could probably him. face tank an, an army. Like yeah. there are ways to do it. Like I've seen the numbers circle get up to cool, but like that's actually what you're asking for is like a circle, like two lightning tendril heavy, sorry, lightning bladed he heavies with primal going in. Like that, that's what we're after. Great. Yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. There's, there's nothing to see there. Don't worry about that. Uh, I'm sure there isn't. Yes, I'm sure that's fine. <laughs> But like that, is, those are the two his like two aspects there. But yes, that that is why those are problems. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. And I think it's, I think an eight or a nine is probably pretty uh, pretty yeah. fitting. Yeah. And yeah, whereas you compare that, say, I'd say like someone like Madrak three, just as like a devil's thing. Like Madrak three has a very complete kit and also is survival against literally everything, as opposed to only melee. Yeah. 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 yeah that's true. Yeah. Um, so let's read them. Uh, actually, I think with with Honest, I told you it's just like it's it's seven or ten. It's actually it's actually those two numbers. Like, we can't pretend that in the events that you don't have a turbo assassin caster, he isn't going to be extremely safe. Unless, like, the only realistic way most lists kill him is when he's already committed. Yeah. Um. Or either you've committed him because you've been forced to because you've attritioned him out, or because you're able to pulls a swifty one because you've basically got more threat range, you've got control aspects, whatever I was going to say, he could, if, I would have rate it as an 8. I mean, he is, like, the numbers-wise and his playstyle and stuff is, you know, is crazy survivable, but uh, Crucible Guard being as prevalent as it is, and specifically Lucas and all the vind Vindicators being so prevalent, is like, that seems like a, a, a nightmare matchup for uh, Karchev and Karchev. A it's, lot of the lists being played, though, at these events, it's and it's yeah. one Vindicator. So, yeah. Well, I mean, like, if it's something like what Josh Bates tends to run, which is like more like three Vindicators, that's a lot yeah. bigger yeah. problem. What um, I mean. But yeah, that's like. But then, like, are we really going to downgrade him based on one matchup? And that no. is incidentally a matchup you can just go like, I'm acknowledging this is a problem and not having Kachev deal with it. So yeah. that that is too. No, I will say though, Karchev is less survival in Kador than he is in Crix. Yeah, um, I was just gonna say that. Like, yeah, because uh, I think so. It's Nigel and I spoke a little bit, and he said 
he's under the impression the Kador version of Karchev is better into Circle. And the Crick's version of Karchev is better into Crucible Guard. That would probably be, that'd be pretty correct. Because, um, how do I put it? Any Kador heavy, even a Marauder, will, if not cripple, it will actually probably kill a Circle heavy. Uh, whereas the opposite is not necessarily true with Cricks. On the other hand, Cricks do have access to like the tools that you want for all of those kind of matchups. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The um, thing that also, uh, I had also Cricks like, have more uh, Cricks also have more reach on their heavies, which is important. Yes. Um, that's a big deal. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So I think uh, eight eight it is. Just yep. All right. Well, real quick, how does he, have you played against Lilith 4 with him yet? As another uh, meme gunline? No, but I actually probably wouldn't play Karchev into Lilith 4. I think it's still fine, but I, I think, I mean, for what's worth, my pairing is at this point still Stalingrad, and I'd just pair it with the caster who's unshootable, and we call it a day. Yeah, seems good. <laughs> <laughs> um, if I do, if I had to play it, though, like, I, like, I think actually it is going to be, that's probably going to be table dependent. Um, but no, I haven't actually had to play into Lil Full yet. I mean, Steve and... just cast Cyclone with Falser yesterday to yeah, kill us. Yeah, so. uh, I, uh, yeah. I uh, took a look at the wrong card there. That was a six month old Falser. So. Did you have a six month old War Room too? Or... Oh, no, 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 I just, right. just didn't look at the card. Hey, it's not like <laughs> it didn't really affect the outcome of the game, did it? Because we just reset and I won anyways. So. Yeah. Yeah, because you're playing Falser. Like, else. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that was that game was sweet because it's like two two alpha douche casters <laughs> picking up against each other. It was awesome. It was fun. Nice. <laughs> Shout out to Sean. Well, it makes you feel better about yourself, buddy. It does. It you feel much did you play better. him into? Did you play Falcia into Kalchev or In, into Love Four? Ah, into Love Four. All right. Yeah. It was cool. Really fun yeah, game. like actually, actually, that's a good point. Falcia is also probably is also more survival than Kalchev. Oh yeah, yeah that's true. like that's if else I'd say Falsir is the ten. She's actually the most of all. I'm just gonna call it. She is because all those troll like she has something the troll casters don't. She already has the stats of a troll caster, incidentally. Yep. But she has actually also the thing of just being like, by the way, control just get fucked. Stupid. Yeah. Anyway. We can move on from that. Like, I mean, uh, yeah, if, if we can say, like, oh, yeah, Carl Chev's not that survival because he's not, he's not survival as Falsia, you know, we're making like as straw man an argument as you can get. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so uh, uh, next is his personal output. Uh, it's very high, but it is caveated with how greedy you want to get before he starts running the risk of dying. So, Bardachar, like, it has to be. This has to be acknowledged. Karchev's survivability when he's at zero focus, he is the easiest model to kill in your army very frequently. Now, that's obviously like when you spend down and you're just like that. Okay, cool. He's still extremely strong, but yeah, yeah. you have to be careful because that is one part of it. But it can't be denied that he is a focus eight warcaster with a power nineteen base weapon, a power eighteen off weapon, access yeah. to a fully Full throttle, so that all of his attacks are boosted, so he's extremely unlikely to miss. So his personal output is not the highest, but it's still it's an eight or a nine. Like I'd say butcher ten, butcher like if my ten would be butcher three, um, 
and McKay would be up there if we're weighing guns a bit more because you know we probably should. Um, but his so his personal output is probably an eight or a nine. It's not yeah. always something you'll be seeing on the table, but I mean, just has to be acknowledged. That's what happens. Yeah, I was just, you know, just going to say it's a little matchup dependent, but that's okay. Yeah. Realistically, what you frequently do will do with Karchev is that you're going to use Karchev as a cleanup guy for your first and maybe even your second piece trade. And then at that point, hopefully you've ran everything out so that you can start running the table with him. Yep. Yeah, um, I mean, just, just having a POW 18 offhand is, says enough. <laughs> I mean, one of the reasons you want to keep Sorsha Zero alive is actually to speed buff Karchev so that yeah. he gets like he gets in there, stuck in there himself. But, yeah, it, it, like, look, If yeah, no, no, it is. That makes sense. I mean, the only yeah. thing that really holds him back is that, like you said, if he's doing it, he's he's got to be pretty sure he can be safe afterwards. But mm-hmm. cool. Uh, next is his spell list. So that's abattoir, locked horns, full throttle, and onslaught and death ward. That's right. Those are the five. Yep. Um. Well. <sighs> I'm not actually sure how to rate this. I mean, it's obviously like I'm not going to pretend it's a bad spell list because it is not. But it actually is not as functional a spell list as you'd think if it weren't for Meat for the Beast. That's what I was just going to say. Yeah. But I think yeah. Meat for the Beast. I mean, it's part of his card. Like if they end up removing that spell, that ability from bad. him, be a fucking yeah. travesty. Then yeah. we'd come back and we'd have to reevaluate. But I just think as a result of that, it's comfortable to put it in eight range. Um. What he realistically this proves though is that like this shows is that his spell list has a lot of extreme power spells. Um, they're not going to be like that. There is few. There's the only card the spell that you don't cast on this card is actually onslaught because you take a theme bonus oftentimes to replicate it. But that's not always going to be the case, <laughs> and it's not like yeah. you're ever going to be sad that you have the ability to give Pathfinder on demand to your shit. No, exactly. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, if, you, I, if you look at it, he's got one spell that does not affect his entire control range, right? Effectively, like Avatar is all his battle groups. Uh, mm-hmm. Locked Horns is everything in the control range, full throttles of the whole battle group. Like, he, it's a really wide reaching spell list, yeah. also. Yes. However, if his spell, like, his spell list is basically, it's going to be either it is extremely good for that situation, which is like, you know, you're going to run into the situation where Moloch Khan just bounces off of you because you've basically gone and armored yourself up like a freaking lobster. Yep. Or it's going to be that your only spell on your card is actually Death Ward, and then you're going to be in a weird spot. Um, yeah. It's a very focused spell list. I'd give it an 8, I reckon. Um, it, yeah. You could even argue for a 9, let's be realistic. Like, that, that is... Locked Horns is the thing everyone focuses on, well... And certainly, if we're rating this in a Kador context, Locked Horns is extremely powerful. Yeah. Um, but there are times when that doesn't exactly matter. And also, as a spell list, it just basically just does numbers, and that's not often how you win the game. Um, right. You can stack all the numbers in the world, and then you die to like a freaking something or like you know something or other gets to you because it like got TK'd through a forest, and you got pulled in. 
and then you got like negative four somehow or the opponent was playing circle implied plus four six eight whatever and then it's all over <laughs> yeah. yeah um yeah that's why i think it should be an eight because he also there's nothing in there that's really control-y and he doesn't have like he's also lacking a nuke which i don't think they could give him a focus eight like if he no if he they had, could not he's got a sweet he's got a sweet gun yeah, but if if they give him like Hellfire or something, like nope, and Crix that'd be pretty gross. Actually, yes, that's a good, very good point. Yeah, he does not have a nuke as well, so he is a bit more limited. Despite, but I mean, like it, obviously, it's still fine, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you said it right when you said it's a very focused spell. Yeah. Oh, this is this is like, like this is this is not a focused spell list. Actually, I'm going to rephrase it. This is a one-dimensional, singular, razor-edged focus spell list. Oh, there right? you go. Yeah, yeah. I think that's like, why Nigel kind of finds them boring. It's yes. Because, I think it's fair. Yeah. Uh, and I don't want to, you know, like I said, I wish he was here because, you know, whatever, but, like, <laughs> uh, I do think that he is, like, he's not, I don't know if straightforward is the right word, but, like, like you said, just one-dimensional is the spell list, really. At least his yeah. spell list is. Yep. Yeah, actually, yep. as it turns out, a lot of ways is not so one-dimensional as you'd think. But yes, I, I agree with that. But yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. Anyhow. Yeah, I, think, um, I think Meat for the Beast adds to that quite a bit, because you, you yeah. have so much flexibility with how you apply that on a turn-by-turn yeah. basis. Oh, 100%. Uh, yeah, like, without Meat for the Beast, this is about a 5 or a 6, I'd say. Because yeah, I agree. I agree. Because you can never get everything you need out there. Yeah, exactly. You know? And you yeah, have, yeah. like, Flexibility problems, and you'd be down yep. to your spell list is allocating focus, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Upkeep Death Ward, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Avatar would just right. be a, a dead spell, basically. Yes. Right. Uh, moving on to his feet, which is pro- arguably his probably his weakest part of his card. If you just look at raw raw power. But- yeah, I'd say this one's a little hard for me to judge. I'd say in Kador, like it's a standard. Like if we're going with like five or six as a standard, it's probably a six. Yeah. Um, but maybe we bump it up to a seven because of the extra focus bonus. Um, I mean, realistically, though, what makes this feat good is that, again, it plays into his singular focus on Jax. And, like, I mean, battle group, battle group tankiness and also having, like, hard-hitting shit be also now be super accurate. I mean, the, the real thing that's good about this feat is that he get the extra focus point you get is super clutch at times. Um, it means on your feet turn as well, your feet is almost a survival mechanism well because you'll be allocating significantly less while hopefully on your ideal turn you get way more damage output done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's yeah. just Vlad 1's feet, dude. But a little different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nothing to see yeah, here. Yeah, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have Nigel have a laugh. I think Vlad 1's spell list is garbage because I don't like science importance as a spell. It's shit. <laughs> Because you know what I really like in life is having a three focus caster. That's super um, <laughs> Yeah, that's great. I, I love it. I love it. But yeah, I, think uh, I was doing the math earlier. I think on his feature, and if he casts full throttle, and a lot of this is full throttle, I think each each jack, if the melee and trigger an avatar, gets six focus for free, maybe more. Did you count? Full throttle gives you boosted attack roll on both your initials. You have a focus already. Uh, you get a free charge, that's three free focus. Then you get into melee, that's a fourth free focus. Avatar is a fifth free focus. Each of those, that that uh, attack is also boosted, that's six. And then you get your two buys as eight, it's seven focus. 
eight focus. Yeah. What you don't get is if you you just stay out of a threat range. Oh, okay. You know, that's yeah. all you have to do. Oh, actually, yeah, this actually I've got an alternative. You just thank your opponent for basically letting you live your best life as a War Machine player because <laughs> they've let you. Because that is a true like yeah. If you manage to pull all of that off, yeah, congratulations. Yeah, no, it is it is definitely like the pie in the sky. The, even the even if we just. Play. Even if we like, I mean, like free focus that you're spending for boost attacks is not exactly great focus, but it is optimized focus. Like even if we just round it down to like half of that, like four-ish or so, three, four, that's still very good. Yeah, um, per jack, it's, it's, it's a lot of focus yeah. for free. Yes, it actually means that you can very comfortably get two or three heavies in there and still do enough of your kit that you feel satisfied. And yeah. because of your control range again, you're going to be quite safe. So... Honestly, having talked about all of that, I'm probably saying, fuck it, just make it a seven. Like, I'm not going to, like, we're not going to, this is Karchev too. We're not going to win any awards for convincing him that actually he's a pretty sweet dude and he's pretty balanced when you, like, look at him and think about <laughs> him. <laughs> right? Yeah. No, yeah. no, I think that's makes sense. Yeah. Like, we're, we're just and again, it, really, it, it truly plays into his gut. Uh, but it does, It you're noticing one pattern here. A lot of his best synergy tools are very focused on Jax, even though he does have some things that are more, you know, army-wide, yeah. especially locked horns. This is one of the reasons why he is still best as a Jack-focused caster. Why it's, like, tricky to go into, like, these shocky builds and stuff like that, like Shock Trooper builds with Death Ward and Unyielding, because yeah. even though the defensive component of that all works... It still has the offensive component is not going to be as strong because it's not simply put not going to be as strong as a behemoth or whatever getting full throttle speed eight getting its punch on and it can also now it can also have all of those defensive tools um, on top of it while being an offensive beast. That's sort of where Karchev falls in that particular field. Um, so yeah, right. all of this is you can see how like focused all of these like buffs are. By the way, this is important. This feat works on Karchev himself. So there are a lot of times I will on feat turn use Karchev, charge, and just charge some random douchebag in order to get the bonus focus. <laughs> Not nice. and like that is in part a survival mechanism. It's also utilizing resources because now your caster gets in on the action, does some work. Um, but yeah, I will, I will have had games, like I had a game against Whaley where I used him to clear out, a like I could have used a Warjack to do it, but I found it like, it just worked out so much better to have Karchev himself clear out like a stalker with full throttle. Like he hard cast full throttle and then started his getting his whaling on. And that just like, in addition, that full throttle cast effectively cost me two focus. Right. Yeah. And it was pretty good. That's pretty damn good. Yeah. Cause you, yeah. I mean, full throttle. I don't know if that spell ever. I mean, it hard. It almost always gets its money back. At least, uh, it depends. Like full throttle is very much about the army that's taking advantage of it. Let's be real. No one is going crazy about butchered one having full throttle. No, that's true. But Falcio having it, Karchev two having it, very different. Yeah. Like very different things. Mm -hmm. God, why doesn't Bennett have it? Well, would, you, <laughs> would you like that? You should, yeah, you should be asking. Why doesn't McKay like you know Rocket Lady? Yeah, yeah, because she's fucking downranged. What do you want? No, <laughs> more stuff is what I want. Damn it! <laughs> give it, give it to Locke. If Locke had Warpath and no, then, then convergence would have it. So 
Uh, of course, you'd like to sabotage your own caster in order to keep convergence down. I understand. Yeah, correct. They are so fact, much better there a, than me. Isn't there a convergence caster <laughs> with full throttle? Or am I just crazy? Does like access have Maybe it? There is. I don't know. Don't know. All right. really I might look that up while we're going to the next point, which yeah, is yeah. Uh, support. Um, well, I think I did actually just go into that yeah. a bit. Yeah, his army support is like predominantly, extremely focused on Jack support, and he has yeah, some stuff. Well, you're you're going to build the list around that, you know? Like, yeah. Or, well, yeah, you, I mean, should, you probably should. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, locked horns does affect everything, but like we said early on, he has no damage fixer so he, he the only quote-unquote fixer he has is the armor buff and the boost from full throttle kind yes. of his yeah. support abilities and his feet yeah. like speeding stuff up but that's about it yeah so realistically army support i mean he will for kador it's a nine it's very like the lit honestly it's an fuck it maybe we'll just balance this out we'll call it an eight or a nine because we'll deduct a point or two because of just how monodimensional it is. Um, but I think that's more of how he works in the faction. And this is probably where the biggest difference between the Kador and the Crix version lie. Because um, while the Crix version will probably have more points in terms of just uh, how flexible it can be, um, his army support, the Kador version... Well, honestly, their army support in different ways. Like, Crix is leveraging a lot more in the fact of just like how much the army benefits him Whereas Kador is like, well, you've got Marauders and Juggernauts and Devastators and whatever, and they're all benefiting from all the shit yeah, <laughs> that yeah. he's just handing out. Yeah. Um, whereas K Krix is more like, I can put Locked Horns and Death Ward on Gatsby 4, so I can have two casters for the price of one. Let's fucking go. Oh, isn't that <laughs> so fun? Love and I can, leverage, I can leverage my armies. Like, if we're playing in Slaughter Fleet, then I can fucking put that uh, gang fighter thing they've got so that now nothing gets to have fun. Yeah, let's go. Again. We... Yep. And in it, <sighs> if we, instead we're playing into, if we want the matchup to be against Crucible Guard, then you better believe there's going to be some black industries, bin industries going on. So I oh, guess yeah. we'll get some carapace action. Yeah. It hurts so bad. <laughs> Yeah, I, I do think he's actually, for the record, I do think he's better in, in Crix than in Kador, just because I like I prefer the flexibility over the hammer and anvil. But mm. I still think he's fantastic in Kador, but I just think Crix with Lich 4 and Dara, you can you can shore up a little bit of that survivability. And, and then you have like the, the damage buffing of those Dark Shroud bots. So I'm going to go into this, actually. Um, I think in Crix, he is your main caster. Like you, so. you probably pick an off list to deal with the weaknesses that your Karchev build is specifically not geared towards fighting. I think in Kador, he's actually your off caster. Your main list should ideally be capable of running into like being able to handle the things. And then for the matchups that you don't want your main list to fight into, you actually want to pick Karchev too. Now you can run it a different way. You could even go with the like, well, Karchev's always going to be built in this way. So my off list will just cover its weaknesses. Mm -hmm. But that's actually what I've noticed. Also, Karchev in, um, well, I was going to say, yeah. Fuck, I didn't. I had a point and then I fucking forgot it. <laughs> right, 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 right. I think um, that's, a, that's a really good way to phrase it. But yeah. Like, oh, that's right. There are going to be, look, not everyone 
in Kador actually has to run Karchev too, because there's often times where he's not going to fit into your playstyle, your, uh, I wouldn't say playstyle, but more like your list pairing. Um, sure. Yeah, that's actually the bigger, the bigger note, uh, point of note. Like, what you get out of Karchev 2 may not necessarily be what it works best for your list pair. Like, instead, you're going to cut Karchev and you're actually going to run something more like Mana War in, say, a Vlad or some other shit mm. because you've actually just decided, like, you know, he's not actually adding anything to it. Because he's always, in Kato, he's realistically going to always be trending towards the same thing. Um, it does depend on what exactly the, the like, you know, more intricacies of what you're going to build him as. Um, whether we're going down, like, the more standard route in Jaws with just decent quality heavies, prob behemoth or not, up to you, Cossites or not, that's your call. Or whether you go for some Jack Spam, maybe, like, Berserkers and Mad Dogs and Rages and something in Wolves, uh, where you have less threat range. But all of these things are going to be a bit more monocast than their Crix equivalents. The Crix ones are more, more like... You can build him in more different ways. Yeah, I think also just their theme force benefits are just strictly superior for the jacks anyway. You know, and like, Cricks, yes, yes uh, but yeah, Cricks yeah. jacks do need them more. But yes, yes, I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah. Yep. I'm gonna yeah. need the inflictors, whatever. Thirteen, nineteen, without carapace, and then <laughs> so. God, it's so infuriating, but whatever. Yeah, but it's also like, I mean, there's a 13-19 jack call. It's also power 16, like, yeah, yeah, great. 18 with Dark Shroud, bro. 18 with Dark Shroud. Yeah. And then, uh... That's great. I know, I know. It's not the right home about, but... Yeah, exactly. It's not, it's no, uh, it's no Juggernaut, that's for sure. It's no combo smiting Marauder, but that's okay. Um... Mm -hmm. But yeah, I don't know. I think that it's, they're both very good. The way, the way you said it is probably... A lot more accurate that it's uh he's more important to Crix than uh, to Kador. Uh, definitely, maybe, yeah. maybe that's the way to say it. Like, look, Nigel isn't technically wrong when he goes and like, oh, you could just play Harkovich instead. You know what? You actually could just play Harkovich instead. Yeah. And for some matchups, that might even be better. Look, if they actually buff Harkovich as well, maybe it's just like, okay, well, we're actually not needing Karchev too because we're going to do be doing other things with our time. Um. That's where I think the difference lies. Whether that plays out or not, well, we'll see. Yeah, that's fair. Well, and, you know, Nigel, you know, does not think he's bad by any means. He just no. thinks he's quite, quite boring. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's fair. I don't know uh, what happened. He's really fun to play. <laughs> he's actually surprisingly think, fun to play. Mostly because Nigel, of me. For, yeah. I definitely think his uh, list build selection has not been... Like he hasn't played an optimal like Karchev list, I don't think, because he's like first he was playing with the Man of War stuff, and mm -hmm. then like he got steamrolled by Keith playing Circle. So yeah, you know, and it's like you weren't playing Source of Zero, and like the seven or the six jacks you needed. So yeah, you know. yeah, that just takes do you. Do around. you threaten them the same at that point? Uh, if you have Sorcia Zero, yeah, you threaten... Well, I think he was playing into Kaya too, he said. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah threat Kaya by one inch. No, see, that's even excellent. Because yeah, yeah his, his whole thing is just like, well, Kaya can uh, alpha you two times. Yes, you that's know. generally speaking not what you should be allowing Kaya to do. No. <laughs> that, that seems like a bad plan. <laughs> it's uh, illegal, I would say. <laughs> uh Oof. 
And final list thing you've listed here is control. Um, is control is for army support at all? Uh, I think it was said eight, seven or eight. I can't remember. We'll just go with eight. Whatever. High we'll numbers. Eight, yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever. High numbers. Uh, control is control is actually is control is poor, but it's still workable. It's weird. So realistically, his control aspect is actually clamjacks, um, which single handedly prop up his control value. Uh, a secondary aspect is having access to extremely tanky heavies that can be on your side of the table while he's on his side that you're going to have issues with. I'd say his control, realistically, though, is going to be about a five. Um, and it, this one's one of those weird ones. If, you have a, you, if you're playing into Karchev in Kador, first of all, if you're playing him in Kador, you do... Unless you have an extremely good reason not to, take a Devastator. It solves his primary weakness. In general, is just a very solid jack. And you'd be surprised how much you get out of it, even with a lack of buffs. Like, yeah, I mean, I just shit it on Power 16, but sometimes, you know, fully boosted Power 16s will get you there. And even if that isn't the case, you can just Reign of Death. And for the stuff you sometimes need to clear, that can be all the thing, all you need. Well... Yeah, yeah. If you are playing into Karchev, you need a solution for that Devastator at some point, because otherwise you are going to eventually just get, like, he will use that Jack to eventually lock down his one weakness, his one true weakness, which is Scenario. So make sure yep. you don't let him. <laughs> so I think he does, I mean, his control is basically more armor, more better, right? He doesn't really have any control things. So if, if he could have a nuke, like a Rift, Ugh, that would be disgusting. Oh yeah, my god. <laughs> no thank you. Yeah. No thank you is the correct answer there. But I don't think he does, I mean, he doesn't do much control. I, I would argue a four then, because like he's, it's kind of reliant on his army. Like he doesn't really do controlly things. Well, I guess he does buff their armor up a little bit, but he doesn't deny your opponent hardly anything. Besides, See, this is where... Meat. See, this is the thing, though, is that um, he does, however, enable one of your best control pieces, again, the Devastator. That's and fair. that, by like, like, what you'll probably commonly do is, on your feet turn, while your army is getting stuck in, you'll use the Devastator, you'll feed on it, it goes to speed 8, which means it can run 16, so you use it to run 16 and get into your opponent's shit. That seems fun. That's, yeah. Definitely. Oh, it's very fun. It's fun for at least one person involved. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's and then because devastators have bulldozed, that can also be used to do other things like push people away and stuff like that. Um, mostly though, it will it is a control reactive ability. Like it is just to something used to stop yourself losing or to give you a bit of an advantage, right? Whereas it's not like Karcher's playing it and you're like not able to contest anything, right? Like if you're not able to contest anything against Karchev, it's it's more because you don't want to put the stuff in that Karchev can just eat the next turn. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, still be rolling onwards. All That's right. more the issue. Yeah. Well, he's uh, curious it. why... Well, I guess it, he has to have something. But why do you think his weakness is scenario? Um, it's because of how Jack, Jack lists tend to work out. Um, okay. Simple put is you're still no matter what you're doing you're still playing a low model card army lists tend to be very like scenarios these days tend to be quite spread out there's a lot of things to score and uh -huh. you're gonna eventually run out of you're not gonna have the most models to contest everything um, right. that is like 
it's the thing I've noticed is like the bigger weakness with Kador in general, Jack Bricks. It's not a Karchev specific weakness. If anything, Karchev is one of the better ones at dealing with it. But yeah, that's always usually how you get him is you basically just like um you force him to do bad trades or commit incorrectly, like commit when he's not ideal because of scenario. Oh. Okay, cool. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. So should we let's uh review these six numbers real quick and then we'll uh give them a letter grade. Sure. So survivability survivability was at an eight. Um it would be higher, but it doesn't have access to fantastic shield guards and stuff like that. And there are some alpha douche ranged guys that can put a hurt on him. Uh, personal puts a nine uh, because he's a power nineteen and a power eighteen, but he can only he can't utilize them all the time. He can't just like, throw his dick out in the wind. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spellist is an eight because it does everything he could ever want besides have some kind of nuke or control ability, but that would be ridiculous in Cricks. Clearly, clearly he needs stranglehold. Then the Canadians would be on board. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> that'd be so gross. <laughs> Uh, feet, we gave him a seven. It's it's uh, P Vlad plus, and with his kit, it's just uh, really uh, amplifies his spell list quite a bit. What he wants to do. Uh, armor support was also an eight. Same thing. It's all all the pieces fit really well. He's not like uh, scatterbrained all over the place. Pretty focused on supporting his jacks. And then control, we gave him a five. And that's yeah. that's that. So. Uh, Letter rating. Letter rating. We have our our, our rating. I mean, it's, a, it's really surprising. He's literally the definition of S tier cost. Yeah, yeah, he absolutely. Yeah. Is. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't. I'm not going to pretend anyone's that surprised by this particular like thing. Yes, guess what? Full tilt. It's right on top of the like steaming pulse of the meta. Kind of an S tier caster. Um, now whether he is actually though, yeah, again, like whether he's actually like the freaking like invincible caster though that i actually think is very much something because he's always going to be playing in one certain way um yeah so actually we should probably go into this so first weaknesses with kador approaches in general um look your feet is great but you are not speed eight on the approach you are only speed four and guess what that means that your ability to project initial threat range is often actually quite limited. This is another one of the reasons why scenario is often like the bane of any real Kador jackbreak is a friendly flag that your opponent can score. Because oftentimes it's actually really, really difficult to get shit onto their flag. Um, especially once you start running out of pieces. Like this is one of the reasons, in fact, why you pick a devastator. But then now there's some scenarios like Spread the net is an easy example. You have two friendly zones. You have a friendly flag on your side and you have a friendly zone and you have to somehow contest with both. Yeah, it, it gets tricky. And you can't take too many Devastators because you want models that actually do work against more stuff. Uh, yeah, so oftentimes, <laughs> yeah well, so oftentimes the approach is... Well, yeah, this- except... Eliminators do it once a turn, and that's actually, funnily enough, one of the reasons why Jaws is really good. <laughs> it's because of Eliminators. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I this, would, these I would are, love to have those guys in squad. Holy shit. I want them so I, bad. I mean, look, I'd say you can't have them, but they're literally mercenaries. You should just, like, actually play something, like, you know, 
just meet their mercenary requirements, man. God. Because all you got to do is be Kate or be mercenary or be irregulars. <laughs> it's so simple. <laughs> I just yes, get a theme. Weaknesses. Sorry. Yes. But yeah, that's, um, that, that's a specific weakness on his approach. Uh, second is, as alluded to earlier, it's the fact that he's both a living model and a construct, which is specific to the Crucible Guard matchup. It means it's very easy to land stack debuffs on him, and then he starts falling down like a sack of shit. Um, the third is, again, his army is, while he will have one model that, like, if you have a solution specifically to Death Ward, then he is just unyielding on a stick. And look, Three, four years ago, you tell me that you give unyielding Kador and everyone just like crap their pants, right? I'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? Now the game's moved on. The number creep as a result of themes a lot of the time has actually pushed it out there that cracking a Def 20 Armor 22 model isn't out of the question. It's often what actually tends to happen is that it will be more difficult than expected to get multiple kills across the board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you can, like, it's not like his jacks are invincible. You can and will kill Karchev's jacks, and you will do that a lot. Um, but it's like, for instance, if you're, say, playing into the troll matchup, one of the things you actually need to do is, like, I remember coaching my mate Daniel through that matchup, and, like, the thing he fell down on was he didn't really deal with the Devastator as well, but he actually was doing just fine dealing with all the trash warjacks. I say trash warjacks, but they're still marauders. <laughs> But I guess that's a, that's the third point. Kador does not generally have a lot of reach heavies. The, heavy, reach, the heavies that do have reach are good, but they're also expensive. And sure, then sure, they're sure. no cheap. They're definitely no cheap reach heavies. This is, means that characters, uh, Spriggan and characters. Okay. Yes, it's yes, actually yes. Spriggan, Ruin, Behemoth, uh, Beast, and wow. the Colossals. I think are the only reach heavies. Yeah, Just that, that is uh, another big difference with uh, Kador and. And Cricks, you know, because they do have some reach checks. Yes, it's actually the big. It's actually the big strength of Cricks. Um, Karchev is that like predominance of just like you have a lot of reach heavies, <laughs> a yeah, lot of yeah. them, and they're good. <laughs> like, sure. But, uh, maybe okay. Maybe not good. They are cheap. They're yes, yeah, I agree. <laughs> they're cheap. <laughs> yeah. Um. God, what was your point? I was going to fucking make another point. I'd like to let you finish your points first. Uh, Damn it, keep going, right. Chris. Sorry. Sure, I'll... Now you got me confused. Okay. Uh, well, um, we're confused. But yeah, the, um, yeah, so a board position, initial board position is actually never as ideal as you want it to be. Um, look, honestly, that's actually just fine. That is, in fact, a allowable weakness. But yeah. by comparison with the Crix version, because all the heavies are generally speed five or six, like their colossal is speed five, their um, some of their like leviathans and desecrators, which do pop up, especially desecrators, they do pop up in Karchevlis. They're all base speed five. You still are able to actually get a lot of board presence, and you can still run stalkers with Karchev too. And he does them pretty well, even if his speed is just a plus two threat extension. It is a plus two threat extension on a stalker. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a huge deal, you know. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So yeah, Whaley's yeah. list when I'm and maybe I shouldn't. I don't know. No, no, no. Tell me but he had four inflictors and two reapers, and then he had a diffuser on Lich Four. Yeah, um, I think um, 
Yeah, so functionally, his list is going to be faster up the board, faster, actually, like, similar-ish threat range, um, yep. less hitting power, but a lot more protection against shooting. Right. And and was he, he was in Black, Black Industries? Industries? Or yes. Was he, yeah, Black Industries. Yeah, yeah. Hit, a, hit him in back of uh, Mech Thralls. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Yep. But I think that, that that version, or the Crix version, is a little more tailor-made against Hordes than the Cardo version. Oh, 100%. Especially those inflictors, yeah. if you can get their poisons going, then they, they do hit like a, oh, a ton of Yeah, bread. well, then they no, actually. It, it's, it is decent against Crucible Guard, too, because yeah. how 15 Vindicator guns, it's four dice, but they're armor 23. Yeah, so... like they'll do, they'll, like, actually, they'll also, the damage just gets spread out. And Cricks have easy. Um, these are some of the more specific points. Crick's mechanics are better. If anyone hasn't seen what a Necrotech actually does, that fucking, like, I take your, uh, I take my own Warjacks dying randomly and turn them into, um... Scrappers. Scrap, <laughs> scrap thralls. Yeah. Is actually, like, it's a pretty big deal. And also, you can just get them as a wreck option. Whereas there's no actually decent Kator mechanics that you can get as a wreck option. If you look at my list that I played for CanCon... I very specifically have Widget in there because I fucking hate Kador mechanics. They're so shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Is she that much better, huh? Um, oh. Scary one moment. Uh, oh. You guys still there? Oh, my yeah. God. Chris, did you fall over? Uh, no, I just... Hello? Okay. Good. Yeah, uh, I thought I was gonna... I was running into a blackout, like, my fan died and like i was just like the screen flash shit oh shit, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, but we're back we're back we're back we're still good. okay good anyway yeah so like yeah, those yeah. are some things like there are like a lot of the quality of life stuff in Cricks is better but a lot of the raw power in kator is going to just be better just yeah the yeah. yeah i mean yeah. like the black industries you get two uh two power boosters too so it's more focus for jacks and dare wraith is in there yeah yeah exactly now a lot of the times you don't actually need those power boosters but no, it's good to it's have. It's nice to have. Yeah, yeah. The other, I guess, another thing too. Um, Crick's version is more likely to see you're more likely to see guns because the Crick's guns on their baseline heavies tend to be better. Um, you do have Behemoth in Kador, which is the equivalent, and often that is one of the reasons why I pick Behemoth. Um, you don't necessarily need to run Behemoth, though. Oftentimes, if you run the Sniper package, even just a Widowmaker Marksman and Kel Baylock and Cossite Woodsman, uh, what you actually do is, when you think about it, almost every Kador Heavy you're running has either an access to a knockdown or a stationary effect. Um, like Juggernauts have Crit Freeze on their axes, Marauders have Combo Slam, and Devastators can Slam or Headbutt without opening up. All this good shit means that if you no like randomly knock something down, you often can just finish it off with sniper shots. Either you knock out their cortex slash spirit, and then they can't get back up, or you just finish them off because there are uh, they've got a couple of bosses left. Hmm. Yeah, and I know that yeah. the, the Crix version there's there is a version flown around that's that's with the desecrators because they have hmm. crit shred. Yeah, and text. they also have guns, and the the yep. incidental guns can be good. But yeah, that's there's the specifics of why. Yeah. Well, uh, any tips and tricks? I mean, I think we've kind of talked him over pretty well for the most yeah. part. Unless you want to give so, a full list or something. 
All right, let's, let's go through. So first, I guess, the tips of playing Karchev. Um, always carry a proxy base around of where you want him to stand. And I know it can be pretty uh like you know pretty easy but like you're using that as the baseline of your bubble um always have an eye out of how not to lose on scenario because that is your biggest weakness uh there are a lot of lists that will simply just not be able to match Karchev, especially if you play correctly because if you start knocking out their pieces that can really fuck you over then you really start putting them on the back foot but a lot of times, most armies what they'll tend to do is that they will try and seize initiative back by putting you in a weird bind with scenario, and thus you're going like that's what you want to do. Another thing too is Karchev is a large based beast of a warjack man in an iron suit. He cannot, however, <laughs> contest his own zone. <laughs> And you'll be surprised oh, yeah. how much this comes <laughs> up when you just score Karchev's own zone right under him, and it's just like, it's like, guys, <laughs> I'm literally right here. It's like, I know. Can yeah, you, no like, way. this is my zone. I'm scoring it. It's like, no, we're scoring it, actually. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm going to take this. I'm going to take this. <laughs> yep. That is funny. Uh, do keep in mind that, uh, what was it, uh, unyielding on from, what was it, from Locked Horns does work on everything. This can mean that sometimes you get into weird situations where you have eliminators living because the armor 13 actually keeps them alive. Uh, and obvious, the other big one, which I alluded to last time, or as I said, actually, the last time I was on this cast is when I had my objective live because it was under locked horns. That was pretty good. Yeah, that's oh, cool. yeah. Yeah. Nice. Don't forget that. It is important. Like, you know, you, you think about locked horns on things like, you know, uh, what was it? Uh, uh, shock troopers sure. or devastators or whatever, and yeah. it's like cool. Yeah, those all are things that happen. But have like sometimes locked horns just on random models like Yuri the Axe, Manhunters, uh, Kyazi Eliminators will keep you alive. Yeah, yeah, for sure, and will keep those models alive. And it's obviously it's not what you're casting locked horns, but it's a very nice free bonus. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh. Uh, what else? Like, oh yeah, in terms of the engagement, so you want to carefully, like, edit, the strongest way to engage in general with Kador is to just literally have your guys in a giant death ball such that they're all covering each other. Like, this is purely optimal circumstance, is to basically run either nothing in range or everything in range and having a situation where it does not matter what they kill your stuff with, you'll be able to engage them and kill them back, preferably on a one-for-one -one basis, which is quite doable. This is how, like, if you were to do this in the ideal circumstance against, like, say, Circle, you'd probably maybe have a couple of dangling models out, like, you know, a Jack Under, Death Ward, and a Clamjack. And then whatever they engage you with gets dogpiled by the rest of your army, and preferably it will take them more than what you know you'll be able to trade up that way so always be aware though of times when you're required to split and how um and when i mean split i mean well what's realistically on lists like because of the way scenario works there's often times when that isn't possible and you'll have to go into weird situations where three jacks go on one flank three jacks go on the other you'll have a jack in the middle and you need to be able to reckon like first of all position if you're playing the Jaws builds, you'll need to figure out how to position Sorcerer Zero such that she can threaten as many relevant boundless charges as possible. And if you're not, well, you'll need to figure out just like how you're covering each other 
Um, as a lot of Karchev's real strength is not actually like he's not like say Strakov. Strakov is much more about engaging them, engaging first, like very much first strike. Karchev oftentimes, even if he can achieve very similar threat ranges, he's actually better off just getting into a giant brawl because all of his stuff is very geared towards late game, like long term turn out for turn usage. Like it's really hard to get use out of abattoir on turn two, like yeah, when you're right. clashing. If, however, you get to turn three, it's quite easy to get at least a decent amount of abattoir use. And sometimes you can get some insane value out of abattoir. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And a lot of times, and like comes down to when you're brawling, if it lasts to turn four, turn five, whatever, that's when things start getting really bad for your opponent, assuming you've managed to keep enough pieces in the game. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I mean, that, that spell just gets better the more stuck in you get. Yep. Especially once you start, if you're the, the best thing you can do is have Karchev kill shit and then not be able, not having to pay any price for it. That's when things get great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he starts having less and less focus because there's less and less things that can kill him on the table. Oh, it just gets, it gets pretty gross. <laughs> no thanks. Yep. Uh, all um, right. Do you have a, a list you'd like to share or any, any other uh, tips or tricks? Uh, I'm just trying to think for the final one. Um, Honestly, not really. Is there anything you guys want to bring up, actually? I... Yeah, uh, play him against Canadians, because they don't think he's good. So you'll get him on the surprise factor. <laughs> that's the, that's the metagame. Great. Yeah, but those Canadians are the types who... Are they the types who are also going on about, like, yeah, the, you don't play him because you should be playing Zakova 2 with, like, two units of spray cav? <laughs> I, don't think that was, I don't think that was the reasoning. I... After they said he's garbage, I just kind of tuned it out. Yeah, Sorry, well, I'm, I'm still can't, I still can't figure out. Like, okay, cool. Like, I look. Even if you don't like his particular bag of tricks, he's still very good at his job. <laughs> it is so yeah, funny. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I'd have to really ask Corey what he means, but like, you know, they just they they don't rate him at all. You know, like, oh. they just. But that's fine. That's that's their opinion. So yeah, it's uh, yeah, it is. It's, it's so funny that the, the the opinions on this guy are all over the place. They're so varied. Like you said in, in the in the intro, it's like some people think he's a, a nut busting S tier shit stomper, yeah. and some people think he's like a, a paper tiger. For what is worth, I do think that he is like he's strong. He probably does need a nerf, but I don't think the nerfs people proposing actually address the problem. So. One of the nerfs proposed is you get it with a full throttle. And that would work, but not for the reasons people think it would, <laughs> which is going to be weird. Um, it specifically would work because it would get rid of the free focus for charges and stuff like that, and not because it would get rid of the freaking boosted attack rolls. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I actually think... And it also wouldn't address the fact he's still control range 16, yeah. which is... Yeah, that which is, for me like is the... That, that is actually probably yeah yours too like i'm sure you yeah. share the same sentiment where he just just be focused he's focus eight but he's control area 12 yeah 100 percent. he should get I plus think... two focus stat or even just get two focus points himself so he yeah. can't also threaten to allocate like eight focus yeah right. uh, which he can do by the way and much more likely doing the crix versions um but yeah like it, it's just shit like that um yeah. He is oftentimes you're compounding the problem of how survival is like one of the reasons he is so survivable 
is because of where he can position. It's just, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's like before when I, I didn't, well, I, when I asked you why you thought it was like he loses on scenario, it was kind of weird. Well, it wasn't, it's not really weird because like one jack will fall over, you know, mm-hmm. like, but his controller is so large, you can contest things easily. I mm-hmm. feel like at least like I, I it just in my mind it works that way. I don't know if I'm wrong or no, no, if, no. You're not. You're not wrong. It's just that you still against most opponents who are playing into like no one brings their like you know if someone sees Karchip two is a possibility they're not they're bringing armor crackers out so yeah, your jacks yeah. will fall over and yeah. so oftentimes you think about that like well you are now contesting stuff with one warjack as things that oh look at that that might just die. <laughs> Right. That probably is just in line to die right now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and yeah. let me be clear that is a not necessarily just a Karcher problem. That is a Kato Jack Spam problem in general. And, like, you know, I, I feel like, like that's all Jack Spam. Like any kind of brick, like mm-hmm. Beast Brick or Jack Brick, you have a problem with. You have to send something out to contest and it's just mm-hmm. going to die. But you have to do it or you're going to lose on scenario, you know? Yeah, uh, pretty much. Yeah, but I think in, in Kador, the Eliminators help shore that up a little bit because there's that's, such pain. I, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is like the Eliminator option. I don't know what your list is, but like being able to take that unit for free in Jaws, so I would almost instantly take the two Plan of those. Two. Yeah. yeah. Oh, just, yeah. So for that we're reason. getting the list because I think I'll just get into the one I like played for Winnicon to start yeah. with. Because I don't know how this became like people were saying like oh this is like someone then quoted like oh yeah apparently I'm issued an edict and now only everyone's only allowed to play widget in their Karchev two list which I don't know why they thought that but all right because <laughs> <laughs> um, what you say is all damn it yes yeah, of course because that's definitely the kind of person I am yep I'm issuing <laughs> edicts here we're doing this that's um, right but look honestly as terms of like how well-balanced you can make a Karchev list. This, to me, is, like, it. I, I actually... In Jaws, it's difficult for me to think of... Like, the only... Like, literally, I'd make one change here, and that would be more like a do-I-want-to-do-this-change kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. So, for reference to anyone who is not quite aware, Jaws ha- Jaws the Wolf is the Kador Jack slash, like, Woodland Fighter theme. Uh, the benefit is your Jack's game Pathfinder, and you get to chuck down a forest... Uh, on your side of the table, 18 inches from the rear of your table. Uh, and what you also get, like, you also get as a requisition option, Kyle's the Eliminators, and this is the only theme force you can take two of them. Um, now, the Jack's Gang Pathfinder is just clutch. It's just another headache off that like, you don't have to deal with. It is important yeah. to note that Archev himself does not count as a Warjack, and therefore oh. is not able to get this bonus for free. No, I was but, just going to ask that. <laughs> yeah. So be it. Very tragic. Oh, uh, look, if, if you want, look, I'll put it this way. If you gave that to us, that also means that Karchev would have Carapace and Black Industries. And do you really want that? You get fucked. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> God. Uh, but yeah, so the list is Karchev with a Greylord adjunct, uh, Behemoth, Devastator, two Juggernauts, two Marauders, Sorcerer Zero running another Marauder, uh, Solos, you got Widowmaker Marksman and Widget. Social Zero as well. Uh, and then you've got two units of Kai's the Eliminators. Look, it's got seven heavies. It's got 
basically all the flexible tools I kind of put there. If you want to cut widget or you don't want to run mechanics, just put in Kel Baylock because he plays into a game plan for all the reasons I said before. There's not actually that much to say. Like, it's just very, uh, like, I'd say, like, take that as a standard list. If you want to change it up, you can cut Behemoth for uh, a third Juggernaut and Cossites, a minion of Cossites. What, was, what were the jacks again? Sorry. Uh, Behemoth, Devastator, two Juggernauts, three Marauders. Okay, that's cool, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, that seems, I mean, yeah, it's very, really very standard. It works. It's How many like, jacks? Is that seven? Seven. seven. Yeah. Eight with yeah. Karchev. Eight with Karchev. Nice. Uh, you can go. There are. I honestly, I found it tr- actually tricky to run eight heavies. And when I say heavies, I do mean like quote real heavies, not yeah, counting yeah. like I'm not counting berserkers and stuff as heavies. Uh, I also don't think that if you want to run that version, I'm not a hundred percent sure that running berserker spam in jaws is the correct way to go. It might be still because you get sorcerer zero, and so. We're going to wind the clock back. As people are probably aware, I have been... I was the one who, like, did Mad Dog spam well back in the day. Oh, you did? You're Mad uh, Dog? I did, yeah. You? Uh, Put him down. Uh, it was me. Dog. Yep. It was me. I was, the, I was the OG Mad Dog. I was the one who got it banned, apparently. <laughs> the greatest the internet. Yep. Oh. Uh, so, I mean, that, that alone was worth the price of admission. Absolutely. Yeah, None of the others. <laughs> but... One of the reasons, and this is very important, why Mad Dogs worked as a list is that Mad Dogs actually had an insane scenario pressure because you had this layered threat of Mad Dogs with Jury Reek being able to run 12 inches, followed up with Kodiaks, which were speed 10 functionally, or like speed 5 functionally, so doubled to 10 because they get heavy boiler. And then you'd have all of your rest of your heavies and Karcher behind that, right? Now that Mad Dog's fleet works differently, that is no longer the case. And you can possibly look at running some Mad Dogs as Splash, but even then, the, um, like, look, the being able to run 12, very different being able to run 10. Um, this is actually one of the reasons why down the line you can, um, how do I put it? This is like one of the things that Crix has an advantage of is that ability to seize much earlier board pressure and then leverage the feet from there. <laughs> right, right. Because all of their heavies are base speed six or five, so they actually have much greater scenario threat, even if the feet itself is projecting them less, like less overall, their baseline, what they started at, was a lot better. And look, a boss to three thread extension that was like an old school trolls feet that still works like if it gets your heavy onto their shit okay cool yeah right yeah but yeah that's uh that's something to watch for and it's one of the reasons why i think any cooks looking at mad dogs in the future technically they nerfed mad dogs further for this um which is probably for the best. I actually like the Mad Dog, cha- the fleet change for anyone who doesn't know is that fleet now just automatically turns on as long as the model in question has two focus on it at the start of its activation, which is problem Sweet. annoying when you have to put a focus that you really don't want to use on a model with uh, unstable. Now, it doesn't cause them to explode, they have to actually spend the focus, but it's still just, yeah, it means <laughs> yeah, that you're now weird. allocating more. It's pretty yeah, awesome yeah. for Viros too. I'll tell you that. It sure is. It's like good for look. It, don't get me wrong. I think it's a really good change, but I think it's also a really smart change because 
if it was just as it was before, then you just cast full throttle at the start and you'd fleet everything and at least you'd be able to run 10. Now, yeah. no longer really the case. No. Yeah. Um, so that was like my... building them in other, other themes or anything like yeah, that? Yeah, that's what I was going to get into. Is like, so that's the baseline theme. Uh, to me, if you're running Jack Spam, my current thoughts are actually try running it in Wolves of Winter because all of the Berserker chassis are kind of a bit dopey. They're, they're like... Uh, their powers are not great, and they don't have any ways to... You can't leverage focus into that as efficiently, because you can't. Like, the whole point of it is, you know, you can't give them multiple focus, or else they explode. Um, so to get around this, what we do is we do play in Wolves of Winter, where you have access to Colden Lords, Void Archons, Grey Lords, Turnian. Um, you actually gain a nice bonus as well, because Karchev's a Grey Lord. Um, if he's in nine inches of a Colden Lord, he actually gains Prowl, which means that he's just got stealth, and you can chuck one of those Grey Lord cards that the clouds that follow you around. So <laughs> you even like they can't pull you out of the cloud. Cloud literally follows you. So that actually might be clutch for playing into things like Crucible Guard. And one of the reasons I've been looking at lists like that. So I've got a list here. I don't this is one from the past. I'm not really I'm not gonna lie, like this is just like a mash of things together. It looks kind of cool. All right. So it's Karchev in Wolves of Winter. He has his battle group is Ruin, five Rages, which is the Shield Guard, Shield Cannon, Unstable Jack with Shield. Yeah. yeah. Uh, two Berserkers, two Mad Dogs. And then for support, you've got two Colden Lords, three Grey Lord Turnian, and just the, you know, mechanics. Um, well, I mean, it's got more like Shield Guards than the Inflictor build. Yeah, I don't even. Big. I don't think it's actually good, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, what does it do? Yeah. You know, <laughs> well, he uh, won't die in that just one. Gets into a giant brawl. He doesn't die, and you'll probably trade up with the rager stuff. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> seems fun. Yeah. Um. Realistically, there's going to be a night. There's probably going to be a couple of iterations. Like, I actually think ruin isn't good here. Weirdly, just because I think it's better to have uh two heavies that do his damage output instead of one big beefy heavy to use um death ward on yeah. uh, you don't really yeah i actually think the rages are something a bit untapped and probably something i personally should be looking into more because rages are just really cheap and like the shield cannon that they have is quite good they also make mechanics better in their own way because mechanics will one of the problems with putting mechanics around is that you often have to put them in range of models that could get damaged, whereas you know which models when you have shield guard are going to get damaged. 100%. It's going to be the ones with shield guard. Uh, and also, right. because you can position the shield guards more behind or not quite in harm's way as much, as opposed to where oftentimes you have to have your mechanics in range of the, for the furthest forward jack, because that's usually the ones that's getting shot. Yeah, right. It just all yeah, works out quite a bit nicer. Hmm. So yeah, uh, I do think I do like I have another version here. Let me just pull it up real quick. This one doesn't have as many rages. Uh, what do I got there? It's got an adjunct ruin again. Two rages this time. Uh, two mad dogs, three berserkers. It actually has two void archons and two Colden lords, and then the three. I was three just going to say, yeah, say that. Like I think two void yeah. archons could be sweet with that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, this is the one that has the Void Daddies in them. And then, you know, you've got the Shield Guards to get the Void Daddies, the Void Archons off the table. You've got Incidental Souls in the form of Grey Lords, and they're going to have Stealth anyway, so it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, that might be something more to look into. Again, I think it could deal with some tweaking. I actually think, again, like Ruin might not be the best. Maybe it'd be better served as being two juggernauts and we change the points around. Sure. Um, but yeah, that'd be sort of what you're looking into. And then, yeah, the final... So I think realistically, if you're playing Karchev, you can play him in... Predominantly, you should play him in Jaws because it's just the easiest way to leverage. You can look at playing him, however, in Winterguard, uh, Wolves of Winter, for the above-mentioned reasons. Uh, Winterguard is because you still get Sorcerer Zero and you get Lount Sackpawn, and you still have you have access to some stuff. Uh, Beast 09 is really fun with Karchev too, but unfortunately, I'm going to have to say he's probably not good enough to justify going into that theme, which is a shame because yeah. I really loved it. Sure. And then, yeah, you can then do some dumb build like what I've got here. So this is more like up a... I'd say up Nigel's alley, but I don't think Nigel came up with something as gross as this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we have a Karchev list in Armored Core. It is Karchev with Behemoth and two Marauders as your battle group. That's it. You okay. have two Kovniks, two Suppression Tankers, one Strike Tanker, and three units of Shock Troopers. <laughs> with Max units with UAs. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, well, I actually think so. utilizing the... Uh... <laughs> yeah, the, the unyielding. Yeah. Yeah. Now... Yeah. Let's be real, this list probably actually wants Hammermans and, oh, like, oh, what's his face? Uh, Artanis. Yeah. But one of the reasons why um, Unyielding is not quite the same as it would be in other factions, like, fuck, could you imagine in Lockthorn's Caster and Troll? <laughs> but the reason why is actually how Mana War themselves tend to work out. Um, Mana War don't hit hard. They hit decent, okay, but they don't hit super hard. One of the things that do actually make, like, Hammermans, the demo core, do hit decently hard, yeah. but they need support. Right. Uh, this is in contrast to something like, forget even trolls, like something like Circle, actually having Unyielding would be kind of cool. And it's one of the things that people notice when they played Iona. That plus three armor is actually very clutch. Um, plus two, not quite as good. Plus four, on the other hand, when you can stack Death Ward and unyielding you know that'd be quite similar but the big thing is each thorn is capable of running and smacking really good and they don't really need the support uh in a lot of cases the support just is gravy it's so good for them but the baseline thorn package is much more capable of cracking heavies hmm. what i just Have built you... though is a list that basically takes three units of shock troopers to replicate what you might get out of one clamjack instead, or two <laughs> clamjacks, is that actually better? And the answer is probably not, because you're running into that same weakness. Could you? But I think it's Google a Death Archon in there for that mortal fear. Ah, uh, I can try. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it's any good because it might just die. You know? Yeah, that's that's actually a big problem. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I can. It probably involves cutting Behemoth, and now we're down to three Marauders. So now our list caps out at power 16 on Marauders. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I would definitely want a good gun, a gun in there, you know, but <laughs> so, I don't know. Maybe that's just me, but yeah. No, no, I think it's good. To, like, to, I'll, I'll be yeah. honest, like recently I've been like, the for the most of the past month, I've basically spent a bunch of time trying to come up with lists which have three units of shock troopers in them. A <laughs> 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 maximum, uh, maximum tilt and annoyance value. Oh, yeah. yeah. Full tilt. Is that, oh, uh, yeah. is, is Kartrev the best one so far? No, he 100% is not. <laughs> mm. You're, you're going to be extremely shocked about which caster probably is the best one. 
Are you ready for this? Sorcia 2. It's the same. It's not Sorcia. It's oh. Vlad 2. It's always Vlad 2. Oh <laughs> no Vlad 2. 100 more Vlad 2. <laughs> Where, where's the, the Star Trek read? The gasp. <gasps> yeah, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but yes. I think a lot of this you can see is down to how Kate, like uh, Karchev's toolkit runs up with the faction power, like what Kato's strengths in general are. Um, and look, I think that he's very, very strong and very good at what he does. Uh, I also think, however, that he, once you figure out, like, the reasons that Kato, a Kato player is going to probably take him, even if you have a list to counter him, just because it forces you to make a list to counter him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and that list counter that list counter might not even work, which is a bit you know, <laughs> a bit silly. Um, yeah. because it depends. Like you know, obviously that's that's more a testament to how good Karchev is as a um, like his actual toolkit, like right. how versatile it is. It's why he's an S tier caster. But you know, we're still not going like yeah. That um, that really helps quite a lot with uh, making him well-rounded enough to play into the field. Mm -hmm. Do you... But, um, yeah? What... Because he, he, you know, other than scenario, like, like, what lists out there are you really worried about with him, I guess? Um, honestly, it's the usual thing that most Jackbricks are worried about. It's like uh, Mass Weapon Masters. Okay. Uh, he can play into it well, but he can't play into it super well. And oftentimes now, like, look, like things like trolls, for instance, are actually quite a good match for him because of that. Um, like, when do they? You get someone like Madrak three involved, especially if you figure out like you just add an extra plus two in there somehow, like either from the stone, like stone, which is a bit expensive, or something else that's a bit easier to pull off. Yeah. And then you're getting things like Fenblades and stuff in, and then you can play both sides of the spectrum because you're now committing into fucking Weapon Master Fenblades or yeah, whatever yeah. other thing. And Long yeah, riders. Long oh. riders, champions, yeah. uh, whatever Krill it comes teams. down to. Uh, Krill Warriors especially, because of the new current Quill Warriors, how their fucking thing works. It's just yeah. so good. Yeah. It's gross. Uh, so stuff like that. Um, what else? Uh, you're looking at, like, obviously the cast of personal caster assassination threat range. Um, there are casters that are actually quite able to deal with Karchev. Uh, we've gone into it. Like, a lot of Crucible Guard is very much off limits, but even pushing that past, like, Legion actually, like, you're going to have casters like, say, Bethane 2, who can play into his particular kit. Um, yeah. Because they have enough damage to crack through him, their feet will be able to counter like Karchev's initial punches, and they're also able to threaten enough meaningful damage that keeps Karchev at bay. Lilith Four, I mean, I haven't played into Lilith Four, so I can't say this for certain, but like that also screams to me like something that would be a problem. Uh, there's certain medium-based infantry lists that still exist that do have enough damage to also smash into Karchev. Uh, I'd say Primal Terrors is the big one, especially because also. Like you have to pay for them, but you still a hellmouth or two is still really annoying to deal with with such a yes, low model right. count army. Oh, I agree. big time. Yeah, I agree. Um, hmm. what else? Well, Lincoln like, has the Witchwood now. 
boom, yeah. Yep. Well, that's that's also the thing, though, is like you need to, as if you're playing into Karchev, be cognizant that a lot of Karchevs have things that they put in specifically to make sure that they don't lose. Right. And yep. you'll need to have answers for them. So, like, look, if I was playing into, like, if I took my standard list, I may entertain notion of just cutting Behemoth for a freaking Death Archon and a Marauder. Mm-hmm. And then, well, you can deal with that. Enjoy. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. rough. Oh. <laughs> Enjoy, yeah, mate. Super fun. Uh, yeah, so I think that uh, covers it pretty well. What do you guys think? Any final thoughts on the guy? I think he's... Uh, Pretty firmly meta uh, driving. I think he'll be a, a, a big deal for a while going forward. I think he's a pile of shit, and okay. nobody has to deal with him because nobody cares. So okay. no. <laughs> I think the Canadians are right. You should just stop paying attention to him because you know he sucks. He sucks. You yep. know it's just I not agree. worth. Yeah, it's yep. just That's not worth the price of admission. It's fine. No. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Keep moving along. Uh, yeah. Nothing to see nothing, here. Nothing to see like, here. For my part, I'd like to thank Privateer Press for giving me a caster specifically designed the fucking toilet bowl circle, which is exactly what I've always wanted in life. Thank you. Thank Get you. fucked, noobs. Yeah, fucked, noobs. <laughs> <laughs> Although, I do think that his his boy, P. Chromac, does not seem great for card, Jeff. No spells. It's, uh, yeah, uh, like, we played that matchup. It's, uh, it's definitely a game. It's like not super favored one way or the other, I'd say. Like it comes yeah. down to positioning. Um, like you are simply going to have an advantage. Like I think, however, if he comes up with a kick, like if he listens to it in a dark side, which I know he doesn't really have, but if he listens to his inner spam lord and he gets some like extra rip horns in there, like the fucking the punchy goat. Yeah. Is that the rip horn? Yeah, the I rip think horn. it is. Yeah, then we start having problems because then you got like, okay, now he has access to Marauders, which actually hit as hard as like a Juggernaut and a half. And because it's like, Karchev's killing whatever's coming in anyway, but if you have the tanky, unyielding goat instead of the fucking glass cannon Warp Wolf, things become very different very quickly. Yeah, and those are cheap too. Ugh, great beast. But... In pulling it the other way, as always, it's like, okay, but no skin off Karchev's teeth if he actually needs to, like, play that kind of thing. Um, and yeah, a lot of it comes down to, oh, the Kator players, is, well, you know, you don't actually have to play Karchev into everything. And you should consider that when making your list. What matchups you kind of want to avoid, what stuff has fucked you in the past and how and what you'd kind of going to put into basically even the score. Yeah. But yeah, look, you have access to basically War Machine, like the War Machine bully, like, okay, go ahead and abuse it for as long as you can. Um, I think, like, list building from now onwards is going to focus more on, like, if we do... Like, there are reasons to play him into, say, the Crucible Guard matchup, because you really like high threat range and also the ability to basically kill things like Railless Interceptors. Um, yeah. certainly something Marauders do. So yeah. how do we better leverage that? How do we like fully exploit it? Um, in addition, you know, Lilith is on the table and there might be matchups where it's best to like have Karcher play into that because you picked another list that's not the greatest into it and you don't want to just get blasted off the table. What are we playing into that? How? Um, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. 
So all in all, a uh, great caster. Uh, mm-hmm. More fun than he looks like on paper to play, it sounds like. Oh, okay. Yes, how do I put this? The best thing to do, like, look, figure out how to best to use meat for the beast. It's always going to be different every turn. Just fucking do it. Uh, because playing meat for the beast, like, meat for the beast is the reason why your caster is not just basically Harkovich. <laughs> or even, yeah. like, it's such a flexible ability. It gives you something they do. It gives you something that um. It also means that if you're playing into Karchev, try not to give him the easiest meat for the beast triggers. He might still get it anyway, but like it's much better to get it to tri- like, like what you really want to do is have meat for the beast just be okay. Cool, you got a three focus cast. Good job, right? What you don't want to have happen is him to use meat for the beast to cast fucking abattoir. Because usually, if he's doing that, you're in a situation where he's doing that specifically so he can get, like, five or six extra models dead. <laughs> and that's yep. not good. That's very, no. very bad. Yeah. 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 Yep. God. Now, playing into that, one advantage you got is that in Kador, you don't have a lot of reach models, so a lot of times meat for the beast isn't as powerful. But still watch out. Like, just be very careful. Super gross. Anyway, I think that's it. You got anything else? No, I think we've uh, full-on covered it. It's been uh, fantastic having you on again, Chris, and uh, we look forward to having you on again for Stalingrad. Pleasure being on this, um, and looking forward to the future. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, everybody, for listening to uh, episode 31 of Full Tilt. Check out our Patreon if you can. Check out our Facebook if you can't. Okay, bye. Bye. a couple weeks ago and the Canadians don't even rate him, you know? So. It's, it's insane. And the but, the uh, opinions on the guy are all over the place. Yeah. Like, they're, they're under the impression he's just like a pub stomper, so. Like, which maybe he is, but I got steamrolled by him twice, so. <laughs> but both were really playing cricks, you know. I but. think he's a pretty legitimate gear check. Yeah, yep. he's a bit more than a gear check, which is wise. If it's a gear check, then look, we'd be basically going like, oh yeah, he's uh, he's it's like him or Harkovich, take your pick. They're similar, but they're not. They're, there's reasons why he's better. Yeah, yeah, I, that's why I just perplexed. Like Nigel's opinion just blows my mind because he's just, you know, he's just like Harkovich has a three reposition three feet and it's plus one armor on the feet turn. It's just better. I'm like, but it's not because. No. It's just a lot. I think they did the math. It's like on, on his feet turn, if you get an abattoir, you cast full tilt or full tilt, full throttle. It's like six focus for Jack for free. Pretty nuts. Yes. So yeah. this is the part where I come in. It's just like, it's not either of the. Like, yes, if you go the, like, oh, okay, yes. Uh, like, yeah, he can have a 40 focus feet turn or something, and it's pretty yeah. good and all that, but like, it doesn't ever quite work out that way. No, no. that's, that's yeah. the idealized form. Yes. 
Yeah. Uh, so I just sent you a message of the. Uh, yep, I see uh, it. Okay, so that's the that's the format we did last. That worked pretty well. So we'll mm. basically we'll write the those aspects, those six aspects: survivability, output, spellist, feet, yep. armor support, and control one through ten. And then uh, yeah, we'll uh, put them in one of those tiers. Uh, but before that, we'll you know give a brief summary, go over the card, blah blah blah, yeah. and then uh, yeah, we can talk I'll about. Actually... I'll actually probably probably will be a lot because I'll be basically talking about how he plays like turn by turn stuff because I've got experience with that. Yeah, that's, that's perfect. Yeah. That's perfect. Well, I think we could do that. Yeah. Uh, that that's where it says uh, talk about the basic game plan right there. Yeah, we can do that after we give the letter rating or something, and then yeah, tips and tricks, synergies yeah. uh, within the faction stuff like that. It's, we should be able to get an hour mm-hmm. and a half pretty easy. No, comfortably. Yeah. All right. No problem. What's, I what's, thought you'd want to talk about Stalingrad, but I, I did too. Uh, if you want to, me too. I can actually talk about that as well. <laughs> like we could probably <laughs> do a two-parter. Let's be real. Um, I'll just have you on again. No problem. No, happy to. It'd be meaning to do stuff like this. Yeah, it's um, fun. What's yeah. been going on with the Dark Guidance? You guys just haven't been getting together. Yeah, it's been like I mean, school season started. Just being busy. Um, yeah, I'm not this. Like I've just been. Like between moving house and some other random stuff, it's just been pretty ch- chockers. Yeah. Uh, I kind of think if like we've got a tournament coming up, which honestly I'm probably just going to call in sick at some point in order to go there because I'm kind of fed up with like <laughs> not getting my games in. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, we'll see how we go. Um, but how yeah, like you, uh, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go. No. It's, yeah. Well, we'll see how we go. Like um. In term, Dark Guidance itself, specifically, yeah, it's basically been getting time off for the three of us. And yeah. I Ooh. reckon, yeah, I reckon we can make some, like, we'll pretty much have to look at making some time down the line. But look, I'm still, at this point, I'm basically like, I've got to make sure I don't end up homeless, slash, like, because <laughs> I'm still yeah, looking yeah. for a freaking place and we've got to move out in 12 days. Uh, and realistically, that means more like I'm moving out. I'm probably just going to move back in with someone or crash into the place for a bit while looking for some, or at least to move in. So that's going to be me sure. busy for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah shit yeah. like that. You didn't make the move to yeah. Brisbane? Uh, that's probably nine months or so at this point. That's I looked bad. at it doing it earlier, but it's like, honestly, man, like if I move there right now, there's some problems. <laughs> Also, the casino there is kind of shitty, so I'm like, yeah, uh, like, you know, the re- whole reason we're moving is when they built the new one, which sh- which will probably be less shitty. So, I'll see how we go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> but yeah, um, uh, you, you want to start? Sure. Well, yeah. I was going to ask how, like, your WTC, like, team makeup and all that stuff. Like, do you, first of all, so we need to finish these dumb faction reviews that we started when when we first had you on <laughs> in August. <laughs> yeah, but uh, we need to we need a protectorate player. Do you guys do you have anybody in mind that you might recommend? Uh, you can get? bring Jack, Jack. You can bring Jack Ding on, but I don't know that's, how that's much. I, uh, yeah. I don't know if Jack's been pl- actually playing protectorate. I'm pretty sure he's been playing more Legion. Well, we know. Know. Actually, actually, I don't even know. I don't even know if he's been playing. Well, all right, sure. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like he'd be my he'd be my pick, right? Like, okay. Yeah. Well, you well, guys are just way easier to like schedule yeah. time for than for some odd reason Europeans are just. We have to pretty much do it on a weekend, 
in the middle of our afternoon. That's it. Yeah. That's the only time that it'll work, you know. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, you guys are way, just way easier to kind of get a get going but yeah i mean you guys are like the few americans i've had to work with that i've tried to do the podcasting with and worked with though it's just easy it's surprising yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah yeah we're, we're pretty easy going so we, we try to work around our guests too so you know, yeah well, it's also like you know what you're actually been doing is just like much it's just uh yeah your your time the times you guys are available is like much different probably because of the dairy farming and all that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 is good no, it works out for you guys. So it works for us. <laughs> so, yeah, shoot. If we get, we might as well have all Australians on our. <laughs> I agree. I have some ideas about that. <laughs> all <laughs> right. Anyway, shall we start? Yeah, yeah let's, let's go. go. All right. Cool.